Welcome to the LGBTQIA+ Fantastica Graphics Digital Symposium podcast series. We hope you enjoyed the series. If you have any comments or questions, drop us a line on our Discord server and join us for roundtable discussions of this series on November the 20th, 2021 via Zoom. For details, go to fantasticajournal.com and select the upcoming events. That's Fantastica with a K. Details are in the podcast info. The discussions are free and open to all, but registration is required for each Zoom panel. There are five panels in total. This podcast is part of Panel 1, History of LGBTQIA Plus Narratives. The Zoom discussion will take place on November 20th at 1.30pm GMT time. This podcast is presented by Laura Mulcahy, who is a second-year PhD student at University College Cork, researching representations of trauma in the works of Stephen King. She has previously a first-class MA thesis on representations of trauma in Stephen King's It. Her podcast today is entitled The Dystopian Horror of Homosexuality, The Progressing LGBTQIA Plus Narrative in Battle Royale and Angel's Border. Hello everyone, today I will be examining the progressing LGBT narrative presented in the manga adaptation of Koshin Takami's Battle Royale and Angel's Border. I will particularly examine how the original manga adaptation perpetuates harmful gay stereotypes in consultation with Lee Edelman's examination of queer theory and the death drive. I will then examine how Takami's LGBT narrative becomes more nuanced in the recently written Angel's Border, before questioning whether or not these depictions of LGBT students have become more positive or if the narrative still pushes for the idea that LGBT students must be ashamed of their identities. Battle Royale is a 1999 horror novel set in a dystopian Japan, where every year a ninth grade class is brought to a remote location and forced to fight to the death. The novel focuses on the death game that takes place between 42 students in Shiroiwa Junior High's class 3B. Takami's novel became a cult classic and was adapted into various forms of media. The most famous adaptation is Kinji Fukasaku's film, but due to the fact that it is only two hours long and that the original novel is over 600 pages, many subplots, including any LGBT narratives, are not explored in the film. Masayuki Taguchi's manga adaptation greatly expands upon Takami's original novel, as it turns the novel's 600 pages into 15 volumes. However, this allows room for Takami's original homophobic portrayal of the only outed LGBT student to fester and turn into something worse. In Class 3B, Shosukioka is the only student who is openly gay. He is illustrated with strikingly masculine features, which are juxtaposed with effeminate qualities such as a stylish hairdo and makeup. This contrast is intentionally created to blur the binary of the masculine and the feminine and to pr- promote the idea that shows a feminine nature is something that is unnatural. In a study conducted by Adam W. Fingerhut, he notes that gay men were seen as more likely to have traditionally feminine characteristics, traits, roles and occupations. From Sho's character design alone, it is apparent that Taguchi leans into stereotypes when portraying the only openly gay student in the class. The use of stereotypes become more apparent and harmful as the manga delves into Sho's backstory. While all of the students are given relatively detailed backstories which explain their motives and desire to survive the death game, these stories are, for the most part, depictions of innocuous ninth graders. 
Joel's backstory, however, portrays him as a heavy drinker who spends his nights in gay bars with drag queens. In, a, in the particular fa- flashback shown, he blackmails a Yakuza member of the bar who has been harassing drag queens. Shaw informs him that he's been stalking him and taking pictures, citing his reasoning as having a crush on the man. While he's speaking to the man, he takes the opportunity to grope him as a form of intimidation, which ultimately proves successful as the man is driven away from the bar. This portrayal of a 15-year-old gay boy is based on harmful stereotypes, often leaning into the outdated belief that homosexuality is a form of deviancy. Mary Keish notes that... This early research on homosexuality characterized gay men as sexually abnormal, perverted, mentally ill, and maladjusted, traits of which can be seen in the characterization of Sho. This especially is notable when comparing his backstory to those of his presumably heterosexual classmates, where they are depicted as normal 15-year-olds with crushes on people their own age, of which they handle in a much more innocuous way. The traits depicted in Cho's flashback become even more apparent during the death game. His strategy for winning involves quietly stalking Kazuo Kiriyama, the player with the most kills. His plan consists of waiting until Kazuo is the last one standing, and in his weakened state, Cho would then shoot him from behind, essentially taking away Kazuo's hard-earned victory. His method of playing the game once again contributes to the idea that gay men are predatory stalkers, which is further emphasized by Sho's constant remarks about how handsome Kazuo is, indicating that he is attracted to the boy he intends to kill. The idea of Sho's potential victory can be seen through the lens of Lee Edelman's theory of life versus death in relation to queer identities. He argues that the child is a symbol of reproductive futurism, the definition of which is analyzed by Riley Maguire as the child guarantees or continuation. Their production and preservation maintains domestic family units, nation states, and the human race. Despite human mortality, we live on in our children, who take our names, or lineages, or heritage. Essentially, the child is seen as a symbol of a prosperous future. Therefore, the horror of Battle Royale emerges from the fact that the death game corrupts this image of the child. The deaths of these children prevent a prosperous future, as well as the continuation of their bloodlines. Essentially, the death game turns into the symbol of a child from a symbol of reproductive futurism into one of death. That being said, however, the rules of the game allow for one winner. It can be assumed that this winner, male or female, has qualities that will continue a strong survival of the fittest type of bloodline. And indeed, the main male characters that are presented in Battle Royale all have strong masculine stereotypes, from technological skills to brute strength to having a fiercely protective nature towards their female classmates. Any male character with these traits would undoubtedly help to nourish that image of the child as a symbol of reproductive futurism if they were to prove victorious. Sho, on the other hand, represents what Edelman proposes as the opposing side of politics surrounding the child. Edelman argues that queer identities are, by contrast, figures outside and beyond its political symptoms, the place of the social order's death drive. Indeed, this idea of queerness as a type of death drive can be seen in Sho's backstory. If he were to survive, he would not represent the futurism driven by the heteronormative image often applied to the child. His lifestyle is depicted of one of promiscuity and darkness. 
As well as this, Shaw's effeminate nature serves as a threat to the image of the survivor as a figure of masculinity, as he remarks upon thinking of his potential victory, one bullet, a 22mm valentine, and the last man standing is wearing his mother's panties. Such delicious irony, don't you agree? Through this statement, it is apparent that Shaw teases the idea of his victory as one that would undermine the image of the winner of the death game as a figure of peak masculinity. Essentially, the depiction of Shaw's sexuality feeds into the idea of harmful stereotypes of the gay man as a stalker who preys on his more masculine counterpart. While Shaw is the only openly gay student in the class, it is revealed in Angel's Border that one of the girls in the class is a closeted lesbian. Angel's Border was a side story released in 2012 and focuses on a group of female friends who choose to hide in a lighthouse. After one of the girls is accidentally poisoned, a gunfight breaks out, resulting in all of the girls' deaths. In the original novel and its adaptations, the narrative only delves into two of the six girls' stories. Angel's Border expands on two of the other girls' stories, one of which is Haruka Tanizawa, who is secretly in love with her best friend. This story, written 13 years after the original novel, proves a much more nuanced look at being a gay teenager in the, in the country that has a zero-tolerance policy towards its LGBT citizens. There is a strong contrast drawn between Sho and Haruka's perspectives on their sexualities. While Sho takes pride in his sexuality and is unapologetic about his attraction towards men, um, Angel's Border makes it apparent that Haruka struggles greatly with internalized lesbophobia, as she immediately informs the reader within the opening pages that she is, in her own words, not normal. She places a physical distance between herself and Yukie Utsumi, the girl she is in love with. The art depicts this through various moments throughout their friendship, where Haruka reaches out her hand from afar but does not make physical contact with Yukie. It approaches the point where Yukie begins to worry that Haruka is sick of her, but as revealed through Haruka's narrative, the reasoning for this is due to her internalized lesbophobia. It is later revealed that Yukie was once inappropriately touched on a crowded train by an older man, and when she asks him to stop, he pleads innocence and quietly tells her that she would, he would kill her if she spoke out like that again. After telling the story to Haruka, the other girl fears that her feelings towards Yukie causes her to share a similarity with the older man. In one particular instance, Yukie makes a move to hug Haruka, but Haruka moves out of the way. Her reasoning behind moving out of the way is, as she states, Yukie was pure and I didn't want to get her dirty by touching someone like me. The statement aligns closely with the common stereotype attributed to lesbians, as Fred Fages describes the stereotype as lesbians are perverted seducers of innocent young women. As Haruka describes Yukie as pure and herself as dirty, it is apparent that she has internalized these harmful stereotypes surrounding lesbians. Unlike the depiction of Sho, however, the narrative does not portray Haruka in the perverted way that she sees herself. Angel's Porter depicts her as selfless, as she goes out the way to help injured classmates, including the boy that Yukie is in love with. The manga also, also depicts her as caring, as she comforts Yukie at a later stage in the game and even puts an arm around her shoulder, putting aside her fears about touching her. And ultimately, as seen in the original novel and its manga adaptation, Haruka uses the last of her dying strength to shoot the main assailant of the gunfight, the girl who was responsible for Yukie's death, therefore avenging her. 
While this was a moment that existed before Angel's Border, the contextualization of Hark's final action shows that our killing of the main assailant was an act of love and grief. Essentially, the exploration of her sexuality is remarkably different from Sho, wherein Sho unapologetically acts in a predatory way, Haruka sees herself as a predator, but the narrative proves that she is not. It is worth posing the question, has the LGBT narrative of Battle Royale improved over time? It can't be argued that Takami only depicts Haruka's story in a positive light because she is ashamed of her sexuality, and he condemns Sho for taking pride in his. I would argue that this is not the case, and that there has been a genuine progression of the understanding of LGBT identities within this story. In the afterword of the original novel, Takami cites several American pieces of media as an influence on his work. And as the novel was published in 1999, it was written at a time where LGBT identities were portrayed in damaging ways in American media. For example, the same year as Battle Royale's publication, American Beauty won Best Picture at the Oscars, a film that perpetuates stereotypes such as the idea that homophobes are secretly gay. Therefore, at the time of the novel's publication, harmful stereotypes still prevailed in media portrayals of LGBT identities, but as of the 2010s, there has been a major development in the prominence of nuanced LGBT narratives. This development also shows a further understanding of the death drive in regards to LGBT identities. The manga does touch on this, as a character file on show indicates that he is not to leave the island alive under any circumstances, with reference to a fictional sexual deviation act and a sub-reference to genetic cleansing. This comes back to Edelman's theory on queer identities existing in opposition with reproductive futurism. And in Angel's Border, Haruka already sees it as a foregone conclusion that she will not leave the island alive. She cites her reasoning as being that she would give her life to let Yukie continue living, but as well as this, it can be argued that she has a more conscious awareness than show that there is no hope for her as a lesbian in this dystopian Japan. As Maguire argues, the child is a figure of compulsory futurism and the queer is a figure of no future. In other words, the winner of the program can only hope to thrive in a future if they fit the heteronormative image. Therefore, the best that Haruka can hope for is to let the girl she loves survive. Even though her story ends in tragedy, it is significant that her story in is paralleled in Angel's Border with that of a heterosexual couple, showing that the tragedy of Haruka's story is depicted in equal manner to that of her heterosexual peers. Therefore, it can be argued that the LGBT narrative of Battle Royale has developed from one of gross parody and harmful stereotypes into one of nuance and understanding of the damage and self-hatred that comes from internalizing these harmful views of LGBT identities. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the discussion of Battle Royale and Angel's Border. This podcast series will be continued by Iptism Ahmed, who will be discussing queer history in Marvel's Voices Pride. If you enjoyed the series or have questions, join the conversation with us on Discord on November the 20th, 2021 for our Zoom webinars. For details, go to fantasticajournal.com and select the upcoming events. The discussions are free and open to all, but registration is required for each of the five Zoom panels. We look forward to seeing you there.